everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Fantasy Football Time Podcast. I am your host, Joe the Show Wallach, alongside my partner in crime and awesome co-host, Jason the Big Fish Gruber. Jason, how are you, man? Doing good, doing good, doing really good. Um, one of the things I look forward to every single podcast is just what new nickname I get. So Big Fish, maybe the first time I've ever been called that. So you want to know uh, how yeah. I came up with Big Fish? I do. I would love to know that. So there's a there's a fish called a grouper, and it sounds pretty similar to your last name, Gruber. So Big Fish just, just came out, and it, it felt right. Man, Joe, that is the pinnacle of creativity. I love it. You know what I was thinking, Jason, on my drive here today? I was thinking we should give a name for our listeners. You know how most podcasts have a name for their fans, for their listeners? I was just kind of experimenting. I'm going to throw one out. What do you think about this? The Time Squad. The Time Squad. Like, I'm introing the show. Um, hey, everyone. Welcome in, Time Squad, to another episode of Fantasy Football Time Podcast. Because we're the Fantasy podcast. Football Time Podcast. Yeah, because we're the Time, time Podcast. Squad. Uh, man, that is right up the there. The Time Pod Squad. That is right up there with Big Fish Gruber. Let me just say that. We'll, so we'll think about it. I'm not. <laughs> we can workshop it. Yeah. It's round one. We'll see. Not we'll in see love where with it, lands. but we'll we'll see how it lands. It's not the worst. You know, yeah. it's a it's a good first at bat. Maybe a single. Um, I don't know. Let us let us uh, tweet at us. Let us know uh, what you guys think of the Time Squad. Yep, I agree. All right, coming up on today's show, we have some news and notes from around the NFL, and then we have a we have a fun one today. We're talking about tips and tricks to help you win your auction draft. Yeah, I'm really excited about this. And in fact, um, thinking about and talking about auction draft is one of my favorite conversations. Yeah, Jason hardcore nerded out over planning the show. I do. And I've been, truthfully, I've been nerding out about this topic for um, probably a year and a half or so. Mm-hmm. But we'll, we'll get to that and cover everything as it relates to auction draft uh, coming up on the show. Yep, sounds good. Before we get into it, real quick, just want to let you guys know how you can support us. You can leave us reviews on Spotify and on Apple Podcasts. That's the best way for you to support the show. And you can follow us on Twitter, at FFTimePod. We try to post daily on that Twitter account and get some fun interactions with the fans. That's where you guys can ask us questions that might even get answered live on the show. So be sure to do that. All right, Jason, you ready to get into the news? Yeah, let's do it. All right, first piece of news. This one broke on Sunday. Kareem Hunt, running back for the Cleveland Browns, requests a trade. Jason, what's your initial thoughts on Kareem Hunt? Yeah, I think initially I was actually kind of excited for him and kind of excited for fantasy football in general because Kareem Hunt, uh, he is the talent of definitely like the best backup running back in the NFL and has the talent even to be in RB1 and has been in the past. And so I think I was excited for him in general. And pretty quickly, the Browns came out and said, hey, we're not going to release yeah, him. You know, trade him. Um, but also, that's like the most irrelevant thing ever. That's what every single team does immediately. They're like, yeah, we're not getting rid of him. Uh, we for sure won't shop him. Um, I'm pretty sure that's what they said with Baker Mayfield. Yep. <laughs> like we saw, you know, he's on a different team now. Um, so I'm still excited. First of all, I think Kareem Hunt was already a big value. He's been a big value the last couple of years. So I already liked Kareem Hunt. Depending on what team he goes to, um, if he goes to a team, yeah, I was gonna then, ask you what is what would be your ideal landing spot for a Kareem Hunt? Like I, oh, so personally, I'm a Kareem Hunt owner in my dynasty league. So I have a lot of interest in where he goes next. Yeah, that's a good question. I don't have like a team that I would love to see him on, but any team where he is really like the starting guy, I think would be awesome. I Um, would love to see, what if he went back to Kansas City? 
Yeah, that's like first of all, that's definitely not going to happen. So no, I wouldn't say it's <laughs> definitely not. No, happen. they're not. They can't bring him back after I trading him um, because of the he was a, it was the kicking, right? That's what mm-hmm. he did. Yeah, um, they're not going to bring him back after that. So I don't think there's any chance of that. That would be from a, a from you as a dynasty owner of Kareem Hunt. That's best case scenario yeah, for sure. I would love that, um, but I don't see that happening. But I, we also just don't know if he'll actually get traded. So I would say his value, at least for me, in redraft stays exactly the same. Yep. In that he's probably going to be a value where he's being drafted um, as a late 20s you know, um, running back. Yeah. So I still see value there. Worst case scenario, he's on the Browns. Best case scenario, he goes to a team and he's the starting guy. Yep. So, and he's he's talented enough to where wherever team he goes, he's going to be relevant for fantasy just because he might be, you, you said he is maybe the best backup running back in all of football. And I think even he would be potentially a top 10 running back in the NFL, period, regardless of whatever team he's on. So I'm really curious to see where he goes, but it's kind of a wait and see thing right now. So, all right, the next piece of news, this one's cool. Chris Godwin resumed practicing. What does that mean, Jason, for Tampa Bay, for Tom Brady, that Chris Godwin is back on the practice field? Yeah, I think that, first of all, he's a little bit ahead of schedule, which is interesting and good and definitely um, important for Tom Brady and overall for Chris Godwin's value. But once again, we don't have an exact timeline. Yeah, this Um, does not mean that he's going to be ready for week one, but it's a good sign knowing that he's not going to start the season on the pup and guaranteed to miss games. Like it's like he may miss week one or week two, but he's going to be back early enough in the season to be relevant for fantasy this year. Yeah, I do think relevant for fantasy, but I would not, I don't have the same level of confidence for week one or week two or week three. Um, Because we also just don't know what practicing, like that word, right? Practicing could mean so many different things. Uh, You know, maybe that just means like really, really light stuff. He's jogging. Like, I I don't exactly know what that means. So um, I'm not super excited to draft him yet. Um, I would put that once again in the category of wait and see. I don't know exactly where he's going to fall. But I don't know, week six, I would expect him to be back for sure. Oh, for sure. And, and yeah, if he's out was, in training camp right now, at least doing some walkthrough stuff, he'll he'll be ready yeah. early enough in the season for, I don't know, I might take a shot on him in drafts because I think when he's healthy, he's, he's the target guy. Like Mike Evans is the deep threat. Mike Evans is the red zone target in that offense. Chris Godwin is the guy in between the hash marks that Tom Brady goes to to pick up a first down to get those little – 8, 10, 12 yard in routes. Like he he is the target hog of that offense. Like he'll have the most receptions on that team if he plays a full season. He may not have the most yards, the most touchdowns that might go to Mike Evans, but he'll have the most receptions on that team if he's healthy. Yeah, really like Chris Godwin. Um, I think what's going to be interesting is if those of you that are drafting like really soon, I wouldn't change his value. If you're drafting in three weeks, like most people are somewhere around the three week mark from right now, um, then I would just check right, like look at the reports right before you draft to see where he's at. Is he, has he played in any preseason games, that sort of thing. I think the next three weeks are going to be pretty telling. Um, and, and if he is playing or if he's really active, it looks like he's training for week one or week two, then, you know, it's wheels up on Chris Godwin and, and he has tremendous value. Yep. Well said. All right. The last piece of news, this one's exciting. Cause this is one of my guys. I like this player a lot. J.K. Dobbins, running back for the Baltimore Ravens, has been activated off the pup. This news was broke today. Jason, how do you feel about J.K. Dobbins going back to practice, at least doing some things with the team 
in training camp. He probably won't play at all in the preseason. He still may not be ready week one, but this is a good sign, right? Yeah, it's a good sign. And I do think he's going to be ready week one. I mean, he got injured preseason last year, and obviously if he was on the pup up until this last week, that means that his injuries were probably more severe than we realized, yep. maybe. Um, but I think it's a really good sign for J.K. Dobbins. And, you know, we somewhat have a little bit of a disagreement in terms of how certain we are about J.K. Um, uh, between Joe and I. Um because I think that like I just don't necessarily trust their coaching staff tremendously when it comes. But to Jason, this. here's here's the rest of the names behind J.K. Dobbins right now. Oh, I I know their names as someone who owned the entire backfield for the Ravens well, last year. Well, here's year, the thing, and they're different. Names One of the now. guys <laughs> behind him right now is Mike Davis, and then the other guy who's behind Ooh, him right speaking now speaking my language is Gus Edwards, and Gus Edwards has the same injury as J.K. Yep. Dobbins, and he wasn't activated off the pup today. So his injury, they're saying, Jim John Harbaugh was saying that he's doubtful Gus Edwards is ready for week one. So immediately, J.K. Dobbins is going to inherit the lead back role, and he's going to be the predominant one on this team. I know you you think yeah, yeah. that they no, might I, have I, a running back by committee, but I, I don't think it's going to be as much as it was last year just because they were kind of had just a jumble of old veterans in the backfield and they were rolling with what they had yeah i agree it's not going to be the same that it was last year last year was a train wreck for fantasy um and i do think that jk dobbins will have value i think jk dobbins will beat uh his adp like where he's being drafted right now i expect jk dobbins to beat that yep if he's healthy Um, he he will so even Devontae freeman had fantasy value last year old washed slow Devonte freeman wasn't horrible for fantasy last year i remember actually picked him up and rolled him out when yeah. i was dealing with some injuries and he was okay yeah he, he was, was okay serviceable. he got so how much the... more effective would a good young talented running back in jk dobbins be in that i, I think it's i think it's an exciting development it's good for jk but it's also what we expected like we expected jk to be activated from the pup in fact it was a surprise that he was even put on the pup to begin with so um good thing for jk good thing for the ravens offense and i do expect him to be good and and definitely relevant for fantasy um this year all right that's gonna do it for news from around the nfl jason are you ready to talk about auction draft Yeah, Joe, I'm really looking forward to this conversation about auction draft. And really the way that this conversation began was um, I was introduced to auction drafts about a year and a half ago. And one of the things that's true about me, a couple things, I guess, is one is I love to learn. I love to do research um, on things. And and also, once I become interested in something, I just become a little bit obsessive. And so uh, this is not an arrogant thing to say at all, but I think I read everything that the internet has to say about auction draft. And and, um, I think I listened to every single podcast uh, that I could find that was relevant to auction draft in any way. And and here's what I found. Here's why that's not an arrogant statement to say is there was surprisingly very little on the internet to actually do this well, to actually like win at your auction draft. And when I say win at your auction draft, I don't mean like, Hey, if you win your draft, you're for sure going to win your league or anything like that. But just to do, auction drafts really really well in a strategic way in a way that makes sense yeah we want you guys to be excited about your team at the end of your draft you don't win your league at the draft no but you it's a really solid foundational start to a great season yeah there's still a bunch of uh, luck that comes into um, any sort of fantasy football but um, also into auction draft um, and so I just began to, to think and to talk and to um, research this topic. And one of the other things that I found was 
that almost all the advice out there really was either very simplistic or really obvious, or to be honest, not even actually true. As I thought more about it, um, as I looked at the numbers and, and how all of that worked. And so um, this podcast exists for anyone on the internet to just hopefully find and to go, hey, here's how to do, here's some tips and tricks, here's some just like really foundational things to know um, to, to do well in an auction draft, to win an auction draft. So that's what yeah. we're going to talk about. Yeah. And as I was, I was reading a little bit preparing for this podcast, I'm obviously, I'm going to let Jason take the reins for a lot of this because this is his specialty. But one of the things I read, and I thought this stat was just fascinating, is that 90% of fantasy football leagues that make the switch from redraft to auction never go back, which means that's telling me that auction draft is maybe the more fun way to do fantasy football drafts. It's obviously not as common. Most leagues definitely still do redraft. I really like redraft. This is not an anti-redraft take, but from the people that have made the switch to auction drafts, those leagues tend to stick and they tend to stay together for, for multiple years. So I just thought that was an interesting stat that as I prepared for this show, um, because auction draft, you're right. Auction draft is not the predominant choice. There's not a lot of content out there. So hopefully this episode, this podcast will help you guys have a really successful auction draft, and we'll also help you guys have a lot of fun in your auction draft because it is a really fun format. And when when done well, it can be a really successful way to do your fantasy draft. So Jason, before we get started, will you just give the people your 30 seconds on what is an auction draft? Yeah, so an auction draft is, I mean, it's an auction, right? So hopefully you know what an auction is. If you're a listener and you don't know what an auction is. Is that the uh, thing where there's a guy that talks really fast? Yeah, He's he like, talks, blah, 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 he talks blah, blah, Sold to um, the man in the gray t-shirt <laughs> yeah. with the big fish. Yeah, an auction draft is where everyone starts out with a certain budget, typically $200. Some, some of them do it with $100. And it's just completely open and anyone can bid on whatever player they want. And you can spend whatever dollar amount. Um, and you just get to attempt to buy your team, if you will. Um, right. Everyone with that. So there's same no, budget. there's no real rounds. There's no like there's round no rounds. one through twelve or anything like nope, that. There's Essentially, no picks. A in player that sense. gets put up on the on the block, and then everyone else bids a price to try to get that player, and then whoever has the highest bid wins that player and they're yep. now on their team so that's exactly true and so some of the things that are just make it more fun and this is why i'm sure that you know 90 percent of those leagues uh stay doing that for one you can actually go and like guarantee that you get your favorite guy um, which is yep. a really cool thing and a pretty unique thing and so yep. if you love some guy um you know it's it's pretty crazy to buy your favorite wide receiver who's like a middle of the pack wide receiver in the first round in a redraft league, everyone's like, you're an idiot, you know, <laughs> because you just picked your hometown guy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but you can spend like an appropriate amount of money or even overbid for him. So yeah. that's if just one of the really cool things. you want to go and buy all Chicago Bears players, Jason, you are free to do that. I would not do that, but but I could. Uh, okay, so let's let's just get into it. Yep, and we got we have, eight tips. Jason, let's get us started with tip and trick for auction draft number one. What so, is it? So actually, before I get to number one, I'm just going to say one principle. This needs to be said, but, it, uh, but I don't think very much time needs to be given to it. And that is, so this is not even number one. It's like, it's like so cliche that I just feel like I have to say it. 
and it's just use all of your budget. Uh, like you don't typically, in, in almost every single league, you actually don't get to keep any of the money that you save. And so use all of your budget. You have $200 typically. And so, so make sure that you spend all of that because it is literally just wasted money. And so if yep. you end with $20, um, then then you wasted $20 in that sense. So yeah, try to and use- as great fantasy football expert Drake once said, when I die, put my money in the grave. You can't do that in auction draft. You cannot. At the end of the draft, that. that money is gone. It ain't going with you to the grave. You ain't. You don't see a a Brinks followed by a hearse. You know when that when the draft is over, your money's gone. So you better use it all. There you go. Uh, so that's not even one of our eight. That's just like, hey, that should be pretty obvious. That's just free wisdom. That's for your free day. wisdom for you. All right. So here's the first tip and trick, if you will. Uh, and I'm just calling this one: be prepared. Uh, be prepared. So that means two things for me. And that is one, do some practice drafts, have an idea of what this looks like about what your, what, what a team construction looks like, um, how much you're going to spend on, um, different players, that sort of thing. And, And along those lines about being prepared, I think it's really important to make a budget. And, and here's what I mean by bait, making a budget, have an idea of how much you want to spend on every position on, you know, Hey, I'm going to spend uh, $20 on quarterback. Roughly. I'm going to spend roughly $80 on my running backs or more. Uh, but have an idea, um, of what your team construction is going to look like. If you spend a hundred dollars on wide receivers, have an idea of what your team construction is going to look like. If you spend $150 on running backs, um, and cause here's the fun thing about auction is you get to create the team of your dreams. You, you get to create the, tr- the team that you actually want. And so I, it's so important to do practice drafts, make a budget and know what your team is going to look like if you buy that type of player. Um, so even, Hey, if you're going to spend a bunch of money on a Travis Kelsey or buy an elite, um, tight end, know what your team is going to look like and where you're going to sacrifice if you make that pick. Uh, but just be prepared, um, do practice drafts, make a budget, have a general idea, not, um, we'll talk about a, a offsetting idea to this later, but have a general idea on just what your plan is on what you're planning on spending in each position, uh, each set of starters versus bench, make a plan for all of that. Be prepared. So that is tip and trick number one. I like it. Tip and trick number two. We're, you guys need to be mindful of tears. And yes, I, I do mean the literal tears that your opponents will be crying after you dominate them in an auction draft. But what I, but what I also mean is be, be mindful of tier-based drafting. So what I mean by that is come to the draft prepared, picking up off of uh, tip and trick number one, come to the draft prepared with your tier one, tier two, tier threes of running backs, wide receivers, tight ends, and quarterbacks. And with that, you won't pay tier one money for a tier two player. So for example, say my tier one running backs are Christian McCaffrey, Jonathan Taylor, Dalvin Cook, Derrick Henry, and Austin Eckler. And maybe I don't view Joe Mixon as a tier one running back, but say Jason does. Jason views Joe Mixon as a tier one running back. Jason might be more willing to pay up to get someone like Joe Mixon than I will because I don't view him as a tier one running back. And that way I'm not going to overpay for a guy. So what I mean by that is if you're in your draft 
and all of the big name running backs are going off the board and you're kind of panicking and you want to make sure you get one of those big name running backs, take a deep breath and make sure, look at your paper, look at the notes you had prepared and make sure those are actually tier one guys going off the board. If you believe in those tier one guys, your tier one could look different than Jason's tier one, could look different than John's tier one, whatever. Make sure you're drafting based on tiers. If you're in your draft and you want to make sure to get one of your tier one running backs, it's okay to pay a little bit more for that running back because you believe in him. He's in your tier one. Jason might not have Dalvin Cook in his tier one, but I do. So I might be more willing to pay five, 10 extra dollars for Dalvin Cook because he is in my tier running backs. This is a great strategy so that you don't overpay for certain players and so that you know which players other players in the auction draft are overpaying for. So you can sit back, relax, take a deep breath while other people pay tier one money for players when you know that that is a tier two player. So so come to the draft prepared, get your tiers ready, your tier one, tier two, tier three, and that way you know I'm not going to overpay for a player that's not a tier one player. So that is tip and trick number two. Jason, back to you. Yeah, let let me uh, talk a little bit more about that one as well. Um, Because I think one of the other things that's really important and why you want to be mindful of tiers is also you want to be really careful um, not to or or, or make sure you're getting a guy in that tier and preferably not the, the final guy in that tier. And here's what I mean by that is typically a, a lot of times people will have roughly the same kind of set of tiers. In other words, they like they think the same guys are elite sort of thing. And what will happen when there's only one guy, one elite player left in that tier is a lot of times that specific guy will go for a lot of money. I can think of the draft that we did last year. Um, there was a quarterback that went for way too much money, and it was because he was the last guy in that tier. And so you want to be careful um, whenever there's two or even three guys left in that tier, whatever tier it is, you want to try to get one of those guys. Um, because if you wait to get for the the last guy in the tier, then you might end up paying, really overpaying and paying for um, paying too much money, if you will, uh, for that guy. So be even mindful of like how many guys are left in that tier as well. Um, okay, so here's tip and trick uh, number three, and here's what I'm calling it, and it's this: don't be a bargain hunter. Um, it, it's this is the idea that it's okay to pay face value for for a player that you like ultimately. And, and here's the truth: everyone wants to win this draft. Like everyone wants to win the draft and everyone wants to get bargains. Like there's just something about it that that we just love getting a deal. We love paying less than, you know, whatever number on the screen says that guy is worth. We love um, getting a bargain. Yeah, you almost feel like you're swindling your opponents. Oh yeah, you feel like you won immediately if, you know, that like the price was 20 bucks and you spent 18 or, or maybe you spent 14 and you're like, I, I just won the draft. Like, this is amazing. But, but the reality is, is your goal is not to just get the best deal because truthfully, the best deals happen pretty late in the draft. Typically, um, oftentimes the guys that you might not even want. So get your mindset away from being someone who's looking to be a bargain hunter and instead looking to be someone who's going after the right guy. So in other words, like pay for and even be okay paying face value or a couple dollars more or whatever for the right guys. Like if you really believe in the seventh running back, 
it's okay to pay for him as if he's the sixth running back because you really believe in him. You like him. He's going to be awesome. He's going to be great. Um, but don't get in the mindset of, no, I only am going to spend below market value on everyone, and that's how I'm going to win this. It, it's just one of those things that like our brains love to do, mm-hmm. but it actually doesn't help us win. It doesn't help us win the draft. Um, it, it doesn't lead to success in that sense. So it can be a really easy trap. So don't yeah. be a bargain hunter. It's okay to pay face value and pay for the right guy. Right. And when you be a bargain hunter, then you're ignoring the, the first tip that we talked about is use all of your budget. Because if you are trying to save money on every player, then you're going to get to the end of your draft and you're going to have 20, 30 bucks left when everyone else is out of money. And all of a sudden now you're just like, okay, what am I doing? I'm paying $8 for my kicker. I'm paying $9 <laughs> for my defense. And you don't need to. Those are dollars that should have been spent earlier in the draft on some of the bigger, more valuable name players. Yeah, and sometimes what will happen is two guys at the end will just have a ton of money and they'll end up, to, to the other point, be mindful of tears, they'll end up just running up the cost of someone who's like, that That guy was not, yep. <laughs> that guy wasn't that valuable, but you guys have so much money left now. Um, so totally agree, Joe. Yep. Okay, tip and trick number four. Here it is. Spend up for running backs spend less for wide receivers. In other words, there's value to be found in the wide receivers of auction drafts. Plain and simple, there are a lot more good wide receivers than there are running backs. Running back is just a more scarce position. So it's okay to spend most of your salary on the running back position because you can save money in the wide receiver area. Here's what I mean. I pulled from our draft from our auction draft last year some of the costs of some of these wide receivers so for example in our auction draft last year some of the wide receivers that went less for less than twenty dollars Debo Samuel went for eight dollars Mike Evans went for sixteen dollars DJ Moore fifteen dollars Brandon Cooks four dollars Michael Pittman Jr. one dollar Mike Williams two dollars Chris Godwin sixteen dollars Jamar Chase thirteen dollars Now, what I'm not saying is that these guys are going to be that same price this year. They won't. Those are some of the elite best wide receivers in the game. They will be more expensive than that this year. But what I am saying is every year there are wide receivers who are being undervalued that will have breakout seasons. Every year there's like 6 to 12 wide receivers that make that jump from a wide receiver 3 to a wide receiver 2 or from a wide receiver 2 to a wide receiver 1. That just happens every year in football. So when I compare those names, those wide receivers, to some of the running backs last year who went for similar prices, like Mike Davis went for $19, Miles Gaskin went for $17, Trey Sermon went for $12, Ronald Jones $16, Gus Edwards $13, Chase Edmonds $11, Clyde Edwards-Zalair went for $41. Yeah, I I picked him. So Jason, I see you reaching for your (laughs) mic. I know, I'm owning it. I was, hey, I feel like that $19 for Mike Davis was just a direct attack on me. So no, I'm I'm just trying to, (laughs) I'm just trying to paint an overall picture of the fact that some of these very underwhelming running backs were more expensive than some of these elite wide receivers. My point being the wide receiver position is a much deeper position than the running back position. You can afford to spend up on running backs and lock up some of those great running backs. Like if you spend 120 of your $200 on locking up three really good running backs, maybe two of them that are in your tier one and one of your tier two running backs, then you can for sure still have a well-rounded, great roster by only spending the rest of your money on wide receivers, tight ends, and a quarterback because there's more value to be had 
at those positions. So if you're in your draft and you see everyone spending way too much money on wide receivers and you still have money to left to spend on some of those big name running backs, I recommend that you start your draft with locking down some of those elite running backs because you can save money on wide receivers. Now, again, what I'm not saying is that don't draft Jamar Chase. Don't draft Justin Jefferson. Don't draft Cooper Cup. No, you should still draft those guys. They're going to be great for your fantasy team. But there's a lot more value in deeper wide receivers than there are running backs. So that's tip and trick. Number four, spend up for running backs. Spend less for wide receivers. Yeah, and to that point, Joe, you know, I think there is a reality where you can, this year, it'll be true. It was true last year. You can get, and there will be guys who are going for in the 30 range, you know, wide receiver 30 to 40, who end up being wide receivers, like late end wide receiver ones and definitely wide receiver twos. Um, So totally agree. That's a great point. Um, One thing that's important, I think, to add is that like you still have to hit on your guys, you know? Um, So it's not like, hey, every wide receiver 30 to 40 is going to hit really a minority of them are right um, right i'm but, glad you said that jason that's something i kind of forgot to mention is that you are there is more risk with this strategy it does it does require you taking a little bit of a chance on some of those more valuable wide receivers those guys that are going for less money but most of not maybe not most of them but a lot of them are going to hit a lot of them are going to have breakout seasons so if and you, to that point joe you get to pick, and this is the fun part about the auction draft, you can look at wide receiver 30 to 40 and only go after the ones you like. For like, sure. You know, it's not like you're getting this random guy. You get to go through and and spend anywhere from 4 to $12 on a guy that you actually like. And so I, I do think there's value to be found there, um, but also you get to pick them, which is just like a really, really fun element of the draft. Yep. All right, Jason, let's hear tip and trick number five. Okay, here's number five, and, um, and, and it's this, don't get cute. And here's what I mean by that is uh, very similar to the last one where I was talking about being a bargain hunter. One of the things that people think that they can do in the draft is that they can game it, is that they can beat it, that they can figure out, uh, here's how I like get this edge. And so they have these ideas, and um, there's so many different articles online that talk about this. And I just think that it's um, it actually provides no edge. So here's uh, here are some of the ones that you can read about. Um, nominate expensive players first to get rid of the bankroll early. Um, only nominate like whenever it's your turn to nominate. Only nominate guys you don't like. Uh, make sure you're nominating the best kicker or the best defense to get that two dollars off the board. And, and and here's why that realistically. Um, just isn't helpful. And it's because um, the, at least from a numbers perspective, the draft is, it, it has been perfected in terms of the value. So every number that you see, it, it is calculated uh, based on a money proposition of $2,400. And so you actually, just by nominating a guy you don't like, you didn't change the odds in any capacity. So you're sitting there thinking, oh my gosh, I nominated the guys I didn't like. And by the way, I didn't like Christian McCaffrey. So look, $70 is off the table. Oh my gosh, I'm winning. But but you're not because that, that money has already been accounted for in the price that they're suggesting. So you're realistically, like, like you're not hurting anything. You're not hurting yourself. You're not hurting your odds. You're not really hurting yourself in any capacity, but you're also like, you're thinking that you're winning. And really, it's irrelevant. It doesn't matter. Um, and so I would just say when it comes to your opportunity to um, put someone up on the draft board, 
Um, yeah, maybe if you're looking at your tiers and seeing that there's only a couple guys left, like you actually win by nominating the guy that you want in that capacity. Um, other situations, maybe, yeah, maybe you really don't like a guy and you just want to, um, get some, you just want to like get him off the board so you can focus on other people or whatever. Um, but really you don't win the draft by getting cute, by doing these things. There is no edge to be found there. So instead don't worry about that. Just focus on your strategy, focus on your budget, focus on your tiers, focus on yourself and what's going on in the draft. Yep, Jason, that's a great tip, um, and I think that one is super, super helpful and super relevant because there's always there's always the guy in the auction draft who who throws up the kicker, who throws up the defense, who throws up the Cleveland Browns quarterback Zach. <laughs> so I think it, you're right; it's not helpful, it's not always relevant. So and it also keeps the draft moving, which is which is good. Okay, so tip and trick number six, moving right along, is this: go get your guy. Be aggressive. One of the most beautiful things about auction drafts is how much control you have. In redraft, you're kind of at the mercy of how the draft board falls. Like, everyone picks every round. So we all have the same number of players on our team at the same time. Like, if we're in the sixth round of a redraft league, then most of us have six or five players on our team. That's not the case in auction draft. Sometimes there's guys who were a little bit stingier in the beginning of draft and they only have two guys on their team while someone else was more aggressive and they now have eight guys on their team. Like it, it can be that way in an auction draft. In an auction draft, you can get whatever player whenever you want. There's no waiting and hoping that a player comes back to you. Like in redraft, say you're on the uh, like 11th or 12th pick in a redraft and you're on the turn and you have that long wait until you get to pick again and you're just kind of hoping, sitting there praying that one of your guys falls back to you that's not the case in auction draft you can make a you can make a pick and then you can go back and make another pick on the very next turn so if you believe in a player go get him call your shot auction drafts give you the flexibility to do that and guess what it's okay to pay a little bit more if you truly believe in that player everyone else can mock you everyone else can make fun of you think that you overpaid but here's the truth you're going to be right at the end of the season when your guy goes and shows out and you get to prove to everyone why that was a good pick. So in an auction draft, you have as much control as you want. Go get your guy, be aggressive, and blow through your budget. You know what? Be smart about it. Like, Don't make any dumb decisions, but if you have a guy on your board that you view as a tier one player and other people view him as a tier two, then pay tier one money for him. If you really believe in that player, you have the freedom to do that in an auction draft. So go get your guide. That's tip number six. Yeah, I love that point, Joe. And um, I think that, that you're exactly right. Not only is that really smart, it's smart to spend more money if he's if he is your guy. That's a great um, point. Uh, but not to mention, like, this is what makes auction drafts fun. You know, like that guy that you do not like, you don't have to end up with him on your team just because he's a value. Um, and I think even alongside this, uh, it's not even just go get your guy. It's go get your guys. Like you can have three or four guys who you're like, no, I just love this guy and I'm going to budget for him. I'm going to put it in. Um, and like, I mean, just to be honest, Joe, who knows what you're going to spend for Michael Pittman? It, I'm going to spend more than I want to. 
Yeah, but and I remember last he's my guy, year, so I'm gonna I'm gonna do it. And especially like uh, this is a, a good call for Joe. I remember last year uh, Joe's a Colts fan. He loved Jonathan Taylor, and obviously Jonathan Taylor's going as the number one guy. And I remember asking him at the end of last year, like realistically, how much would you pay for Jonathan Taylor? And you know he said some ridiculous number like a hundred or a hundred and ten dollars. And I don't think he's really gonna do that, but he could. You know, like if, if that's what he wants to do, and, and that's not a good way to like actually win your draft. Um, and guess what? I was right. He was the running back one. <laughs> I should have paid for him, and I didn't. So listen to me now. That's true. I'm someone, telling future someone else, Joe someone else right paid now. For him. If I if you believe in a guy, go get him. Last year I believed in Jonathan Taylor, but I got scared and I drafted Alvin Kamara instead. Alvin Kamara was great. He had a good season, but man, Jonathan Taylor was the running back one. And I regretted not having him on my fantasy yeah. team. And realistically, I drafted um, Jonathan Taylor, and I drafted him purely because he was the second to last guy in a tier, uh, which um, is tip and trick number two. But here's uh, tip and trick number seven, and it's this: it is to be flexible. But Jason, what if you can't touch your toes? I can't. I got tight hamstrings. Yeah, I have, dude. I always, um, you know, those like presidential fitness things presidential fitness thing is this maybe this is just a is thing like in iowa but they would do joe these, biden hitting the no, gym they would do these tests where in grade school where it was in all the way through middle school and high school where they would test your fitness and you the highest one was presidential maybe oh. i'm the only one that did this but i never no, got I did fitness i never tests, got never presidential, presidential literally because of flexibility um <laughs> so <laughs> anyways <laughs> That's a fun little antidote. I can do all kinds of push-ups and sit-ups, but I can't touch my toes, so I failed. <laughs> That's totally true. Um, yeah, in fact, anyway, uh, I took, sorry for that interruption, Jason. No, I took a fitness class in college. You had to take two, and I remember the final test once again. I like put you in all these categories, and for mine, under flexibility, it was overweight, overweight increase. <laughs> it was <laughs> the list, and so, but that is not what we're talking about. We're talking about auction draft. And uh, the seventh tip and trick is to be flexible. Uh, and so this is really in, in light of, hey, making a budget. Um, what's also true is you need to be flexible. You need to be aware of what the draft is looking like. And so I think it's really important to have an idea of how much you want to spend on running backs, how much you want to spend on your wide receiver positions, how much you want to spend on your bench. I think all of that's important. But if at the end of the day, if you're aware or, or if you, for instance, someone falls into your lap, and you notice that, hey, a tight end is just going for way less money than I expected. And so you end up bidding up on a tight end and you weren't expecting that. Then you need to be flexible enough to know, okay, well, you know, instead of spending $100 on running backs now, I only get to spend 95 And instead of spending 75 on wide receivers or 80 on wide receivers, now I only get to spend 70 Like you need to have some of that flexibility built in um, because what's also really cool about auction draft is they are this living and breathing thing and you don't know at the end of the day uh, how much your favorite wide receiver is going to go for mm -hmm. and so if there is an option out there uh, to step in and to get um, a cooper cup for ten dollars less than he's going or, or just an elite wide receiver or whatever you weren't planning on if there is a deal to be had and you can fall into a, uh, a budget that you weren't planning on that's still an awesome, awesome place to be. So uh, make that budget, but don't hold it so tightly that you're like, no, I can only get you know that quarterback. Like, don't just pick like a couple guys and say I'm gonna hold on super tightly to them because you might end up 
blowing your budget in that way. So make a budget, have an idea about tiers, do all of that stuff, but then hold it a little bit loosely on draft day so that you make sure you're making good decisions all the way through the draft. Yep, that's a great tip, and it's going to happen. It's one of the surefire things that's going to happen in an auction draft. Like, I know Jason's probably going to be a little punk, and he's going to upcharge me for one of my guys just because he knows they're my guy. But you know what? I got to be willing to, to pay a little bit more than I what I thought I would have to pay, and then I'd have to be smart and be flexible with the rest of my draft. So that was tip and trick number seven. Number eight, here it is. Someone needs to be the police but it doesn't need to be you. Here's what I mean by that. Every year in an auction draft, there's going to be players that are going to go for super cheap that shouldn't be going for super cheap. Don't let someone get away with buying a Cooper Cup for less than what they should pay for that player. Don't let someone get away with paying less for an elite running back than they should. So now you got to be careful with it because if you see that in a uh, a Christian McCaffrey is going for $65 instead of $75. And you're like, wait a minute, that shouldn't happen. And then you place a $70 bid to try to upcharge him. And then no one outbids you. Whoops. Now you have Christian McCaffrey on your roster. That might be a bad example. I think we all want Christian McCaffrey on a roster, but you get what I'm saying. You shouldn't, you should be careful when you try to jump buff the price of a player because you might end up with that player on your team, but you also need to toe the line between not letting someone get away with that. So someone in your league needs to be the police. It doesn't need to be you. Sometimes it has to be you because you, you know what the value of a certain player is and you know what someone should be paying for that player. And you need to throw in some money just to make sure that player goes up in price. But if you're not careful, you can't, can end up with that player on your roster. So just make sure you're smart, but someone needs to be the police in your league and make sure that players are going for an appropriate value and that no one is getting away with highway robbery. And that's why we have the police. Yep, absolutely. You know, a real world example of this. And it, cause I, I think another side of this coin is if you're going to be the police, you have to be okay spending that number on that player. Um, so I got burned on this last year um, with, uh, we, we talk about Mike Davis too much on the show. Um, but last year I bought Mike Davis for $19. And realistically, the reason why I bought Mike Davis was because I was being the police. Uh, he, I yep. think he was supposed to go for like 30-something in our league. And I saw he was at $18. And I was like, no, I'm not going to let someone get that good of a deal on Mike Davis, which is, there's so much irony in that. Um, but I spent $19 on Mike Davis. And then I got him. And I was kind of like, oh, crap, now I have Mike Davis. <laughs> and, and really what that did is I didn't get to spend nearly as much on wide receivers late in the draft as I wanted to. And so, yes, someone needs to be the police. Don't let an elite guy or just someone get to go for a tremendous deal, but it doesn't need to be you. And if it's going to be you, then you have to be okay with actually spending that amount on that player. So I would just say be so careful about being the police on a player that you don't like. Like, if you don't like the guy be so careful on being the police when it comes to him. So yep. that was our eight tips and tricks. Uh, be prepared. That includes making a budget, doing practice drafts, be mindful of tiers. Uh, just have an idea of, of where those tiers, tiers break. 
Um, don't be a bargain hunter. That's not a way uh, to win. It's okay to pay face value. Number four, spend up for running backs. Um, try to find value in your wide receivers. Five, don't get cute. That's not a way to win the draft. Um, six, go and get your guy. Such an important one. Uh, seven, be flexible when it comes with your budget. Even though you have one, be flexible. And then eight, someone needs to be the police, but it doesn't need to be you. Um, Joe, one final thought before we move on to listener questions. Yep. And I would just say, um, you know, I think everyone when it comes to auction draft are looking for the answer. They're looking for how do I win? And the truth is, after doing a ton of research on this topic, I would just say uh, the principles we've gave you are great principles, and there is not a magic bullet to winning an auction draft. Yeah. Like there isn't a way that you come out with the most elite team and head and shoulders above everywhere else. But there is a way, if you do these things that we said, there is a way to come out with the team that you like. Yep. That's and that a great you point. wanted to draft. Um, so hopefully that's true for you and you can win the draft by having a team that you really like that are that is full of guys ultimately that you believe in, uh, which is one of the best things that can happen uh, from an auction draft. Yep. So that was eight tips and tricks for auction drafts. Good luck on your auction drafts this year. Send us a, send us a screenshot of your team on Twitter. We'd love to just see what you guys did in your auction draft and just be able to to celebrate those awesome teams that you guys drafted but before we close down the show jason what do you think we got time for a listener question i think we have time for one listener question all right well this listener question comes in from kim and kim asks what is your favorite part of draft day such a fun question that is a fun question um joe what's your favorite part of draft day i think my favorite part of draft day is the fact that the fact that I get to see a lot of my friends that I don't get to see all the time. Like, I'm not talking about the league that we're in together. I'm talking about my league with my my buddies from high school. Like, a lot of us are in different stages of life. A lot of us, you know, or maybe live in different cities or have different jobs and we're busier than others. But I know one thing's for certain that every year on draft day, I'm going to get to see 11 of my closest friends from high school and just kind of get to hang out with them, be competitive with them, eat some really good food, play some games, and then just, I mean, it's a fantasy football draft. Fantasy football drafts are just so fun. So my favorite part of it is just the social aspect of it that I get to see a lot of my my favorite people. And I know that once a year, I'm going to get to see a bunch of my close friends. Man, that is so heartwarming, Joe. And uh, I feel for you. I'm feeling it right right in the feels. That's good, man. And it, what I, I was going to say, the food. Which so oh, I, I feel man. like I feel like it's the most that, immature. You're, right. you're like, man, my buddies. Screw my friends just, from high school. I love these Give guys. Me some of that, those and sweet I'm like, yeah, but wings hoppers. are pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah, man. they are. Uh, no, but but in all honesty, I think my favorite part of draft day uh, really is just the uncertainty and something that like. I think if you're listening to a podcast on fantasy football, it's something that you're just really, you really like and are really interested in. Um, and so I would just say the exercise of drafting is probably the most fun thing uh, that, that we do all year long, even. Uh, maybe that and trying to make trades, but that's one of my, my other favorite yeah. things. Um, but <laughs> we'll, do, I just, we'll do a trade episode, <laughs> we'll don't you worry. Do. Um, but I think, yeah, it, it's just the exercise itself of actually going through the draft and um, and trying to craft this team and like the challenge of it and, and all of those things that go into it. Um, but there is so much, whether it's uh, getting to see buddies you haven't seen in a long time, great food, um, or just the draft itself and trying to get your guys. So uh, yeah, draft day is awesome. One of the best parts or one of the best days out of the year. Yep, I would agree with that. 
All right, that's going to do it for this episode of Fantasy Football Time. Remember to leave us a review on Spotify and on Apple. That really helps us out a lot. Follow us on Twitter at FFTimePod. And we'll be back here in a few days with a top 10 show. Jason and I are going to do our top 10 quarterbacks, running backs, and wide receivers over the next couple of shows. So really excited about that and make sure you guys stay tuned. But for now, have a great rest of your evening and good luck.